everyone. Welcome to the Apologetics.com radio show. My name is Bob Peruca, and I'll be your guest. I'll be your host in the studio tonight, and my guest is Michael Roberts. Uh, good evening, Michael. Evening, Bob. Yeah, good morning, I should say. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> yes, uh, it's been about a year since we've done this show, and uh, Michael is an elder at Grace Presbyterian Church in Irvine. Uh, Laguna Niguel. Laguna Niguel. Grace Church, yeah. Laguna Niguel. Uh Tell us a little bit about yourself, Michael, what you've been up to. Uh, Well, um, you know, I'm a business owner, so I deal with uh, help uh, seniors stay at home and stay Mm -hmm. safe. Uh, My Mm -hmm. caregivers go into their house, so it's been good just uh, working through with everybody else during this crazy time of COVID and Mm -hmm. trying to make sure our clients are safe and um, employees are safe and just plugging away. That is, it is a challenging time to be it in is. that to be in that uh, industry, and 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 what a great service you're providing. Yeah, um, thank you. I am sitting in tonight for Jason Gallagher, who normally is here once a once a month, but Jason's taking a well deserved break. And tonight, um, you know, I was thinking it's been a year, and what has gone on <laughs> in the last year? It's unbelievable. Even in the last six months, the existential situation we we find ourselves in as human beings as christians and as francis schaefer would say you know within the context of this um somewhat chaotic i guess we see situation yet there's order because we know god is in charge Mm -hmm. but um how do we live as christians Mm -hmm. you know how do we continue to apply Christian principles that we found find in the Bible mm. through prayer, through going to church, and through exercising our faith. Um, how do we live? How do we live within this context? And um, so many interesting things going on. And as a matter of fact, Michael and I were uh, praying before uh, we started here, and we were uh, want you to know that all the people um, affected by the fires right now, um, if you're listening, uh, we did pray for you. We'll continue to pray for you. And... Um, it's uh, it's got to be harrowing to be in that situation. So uh, if you're having health issues, um, we uh, we are praying for you. If you uh, are you know evacuating your house, whatever, uh, but we are definitely um, you're on our prayer list. And uh, so, with that being Amen. said, um, Michael, tonight I think we're going to chat a little bit about um, faith, mm-hmm. about works, about the mortification of sin. Uh, these all sound like heavy subjects, but, you know, it's interesting that uh, when I was looking into the uh, uh, mortification of sin, which you gave a sermon on about 20 years ago at a church in Irvine that I attended, and you did a great job. <laughs> um, we go back to Romans 8.13, and um, let, me, let me find Romans 8.13 here. Hang with me, folks. I had it earmarked, Romans 8.13. Okay. Here we go. Let me put my glasses on. Four, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And that's kind of this keynote verse for, um, for jumping off for the, the subject that, that Paul is talking about in chapter 8 of Romans, mm-hmm. Romans 8.13. So how within the context of what we're experiencing today... How can we apply this 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 principle uh, of of that, that Paul elucidates in Romans eight thirteen to our lives within the, within our context today? And 
You know, it's funny, Michael. Mortification sounds like a heavy subject, but it's actually um, leads to joy and freedom in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Putting to death the deeds of the body, you know, the mortification of sin. Uh, I know we were going to get in talking about uh, John Owen, right? Yes. Uh, John Owen, the uh, the pr- uh, prince of the Puritans, wrote mm-hmm. that book, The Mortification of Sin, and mm-hmm. um, and off basically off that verse, right, in Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, and he rightfully said in that book, we got to be killing sin or sin be killing us, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, each one of us that uh, has God has been pleased to um, call into covenant with himself and to bring us into union with Christ, uh, he's not only justified us, but he is has sanctified us, and he is sanctifying us. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the remnants of Adam, right? Mm-hmm. We The Bible talks about, the book of Hebrews says, we have these sins that so easily entangle us, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, the Puritans used to refer to that as the... Uh, it was uh, in our heart, the dark guess that resides in our mm. heart still. So um, all of us have remaining sin that, that must be put to death um, daily. Um, therein lies uh, not only the struggle, but what that means to put it to death, right? Mm. Um, this side of eternity, this side of, of glory, will we ever completely put to, get, uh, put to death the, the deeds of the body? And, um, you know, I don't think on this side of eternity um, we're not perfected in any way, mm-hmm. right? Um, practically speaking, while we're in this body, as Paul would say. Um, but it's something that uh, every Christian um, that has been brought into union with Christ, um, we are to do it. It's an imperative, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an imperative. It's not mm-hmm. a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an imperative. It's a command mm-hmm. um, because uh, God has not only in Christ um, made us alive together with him, raised us up with him, He's given us his spirit and his word and his promises, um, and therein is our hope, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, by the spirit, we can, as Paul says in Romans, by the spirit, mm-hmm. put to death the deeds of the flesh. So it's right? not based on our own will. I mean, the sp- is the spirit working within us. We right. can't do this on our own. We can't mortify sin on our own. There's no way. Unfortunately, no, Bob. There is no way that this uh, this body of sin that Paul, re- uh, you know, re- remorses over in Corinthians, um, who will save me from this body of death? Mm-hmm. Thanks be to Christ Jesus, who always leads us in the victory. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's by the Spirit working through His Word, mm-hmm. right? We call these, um, uh, the, I think the church historically has called these the ordinary means of grace. Mm-hmm. It's His preached Word. It's the sacraments. It's the mm-hmm. elements. It's prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the church body. It's fellowship. Mm-hmm. These are the ordinary, the Puritans rightly called it, the Reformers called it the ordinary means of grace, that mm-hmm. um, God gives these to his people um, by which um, they are building us up in our most holy faith, mm-hmm. right? When the words proclaim on Sunday and Christ is walking among his lampstands, mm-hmm. he's encouraging us, he's strengthening us. In mm-hmm. some cases, he's exhorting. Some cases, he's admonishing. Some cases, his, as he's walking among us and you know, he's healing balm, right? Calling us back to himself. And then when we partake in that fellowship meal with him, um, those are these we're strengthened in our faith mm-hmm. as we look to the reality of what Christ has accomplished for us mm-hmm. in his substitute, uh, substitutionary death and his, um, his ascension to the right hand of the Father, his present mediation. So right. um, th- these are, these, they're, they're, we're strengthened for our daily walk. Mm-hmm. Strengthened in a fight. Yeah. That we have to in the mortification of sin, we it's it's a fight, it's a battle, yes. you know, and um, 
no one said ever it's going to be easy, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think is when you become a Christian, a lot of times things are not going to be so rosy mm. for a while, but, but we are to have joy within the context of our life, not just happiness. That's right. The joy comes from the knowledge and the hope and the promises of God and the fact that we will be in eternity with him, no matter how much we may toil in this life. And I know a lot, of, a lot of this sounds Pollyannish and a lot of this sounds very conceptual and applying that joyous attitude and that focus is difficult. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a fight. In fact, um, I really enjoy uh, uh, Paul when he, in Romans 9.24, he, he, he uses this um, metaphor of an athlete mm-hmm. many a times. You're in a race. And in Romans 9, 24, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it so to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that verse is so rich. Um, the idea of an athlete, and only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain the prize, give it everything. Um, and yet, the whole idea of self-control. An athlete is disciplined. He's self-controlled. Uh, we were talking about working out earlier in order to... Uh, get stronger. You, you, you got to be disciplined. You got to work out every day. You got to apply. You got to have nutrition. You got to get sleep. You have to apply yourself. And so he doesn't do it aimlessly. Mm-hmm. He does it with a sole focus in mind. And I love this. I do not box as one beating the air, mm-hmm. but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Mm-hmm. And this is part and parcel related to the mortification of sin. Mm-hmm. And the effort that we have to put forth every day, I think, waking up, suiting ourselves with the armor of God. That's right, Bob, because guess what? <laughs> the world, the flesh, and the devil right. is not our friends, right? right? And, uh, you know, we're in a real spiritual battle, absolutely. We got this, re- again, as I talked about, this remaining sin that indwells in us. And we got a world system that's against us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That the, the voice of this world is going out, um, and it's desiring to lead us away from our devotion to Christ and mm-hmm. the simplicity of faith and believing in him. So um, absolutely, this is, uh, you know, th- Paul says this, in, or Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only been granted to us to believe in Christ, but to suffer for his name. Mm-hmm. And um, and we know that, like you're saying, Bob, whether it's Paul giving the, the metaphor in athletics or, you know, whether it's whatever we do in life, right, whether it's athletics or, or building a business or, you know, desiring to uh, achieve something great, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not easy, right? It's never been easy. It's, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not the um, – it, it's, it's, it's a fight. It's a work, right? It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a result of the fall, really, right? The, mm-hmm. the, part of the curse was by, you know, you will till the ground mm-hmm. and it's going to produce thorns and thistles. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't always produce the fruit right. immediately because right. of the fall. And this is, this is, uh, but in Christ, uh, who's ushered in the new creation, right? We, mm-hmm. we can now move forward, um, by his spirit again and his word and his promises. And, and we can, that's the beautiful part. He has 
empowered us, right, by his spirit. What Paul talks about that in Romans 6, you know, that we have the spirit now um, to, to, to go forth, um, to, to help us and aid us. Um, because if you were in Christ and you're hearing me and you're hearing us talk and as me and you are talking, Bob, um, and you are in Christ and you are a new creation, a new creature, a new creation, as the Bible says, um, the old's passed away, the new has come. But you, you are, uh, we have been given the spirit as a down payment and, and, um, we, it's the spirit's job, um, to not only, uh, apply the works of Christ's atonement to us, but it's also his job to transform us and change us mm-hmm. into the image of the son, mm-hmm. which the father set up before the foundation of the world to do. It was mm-hmm. his decree, right? So, you know, in, in our culture, sadly, I think, um, especially within broad evangelicalism at times, mm-hmm. I think this whole concept of the theology of glory Mm. right kind of supersedes the theology of the cross mm. but even for even for Christ there was no crown before the cross mm-hmm. and the servant is not above his master we must by way go through the cross mm-hmm. and that is going to require us to die to ourselves mm-hmm. in thought word deed and motive bob and that means that's that's painful <laughs> it is painful it is painful. Um, the circumcision of the heart. Yeah. I mean, it, it is painful and kind of relates to uh, something we were talking about earlier as well. Um, I know this is a, a much debated question, mm-hmm. but is it possible to have Jesus as your Savior, but not as your Lord? And is it possible to trust in Christ as Savior without confessing him as Lord? Or do the two go together? I mean, I think there's this this uh, this uh, concept of, of the carnal Christian mm-hmm. uh, in Christian circles, and you know, um, from I think a, a, it, it we can make a very solid argument that um, that is really not valid as a third category. Mm-hmm. That if you can conf- that if you trust in Christ as your Savior, you He is also your Lord. You obey Him, and um, I think there's a there, there's a the, the argument from, from the carnal Christian side is that if we affirm that good works are necessary in the life of the believer, that they assert that we necessarily deny justifications by faith alone, but the idea is that faith is never alone. Faith is never alone from works. Works will always accompany faith. You will always see, as you, you said, change. You will be a, a new creature, a new creation. You will see change and transformation in somebody, whether it's slow or fast, whatever pace it is, that's God opening up the flower of that individual per his own plan. So talk a little bit about that, about, you know, Jesus, Lord, Jesus as Savior, two together, are they separate? Is there, it's, is there a third category? Yeah, Bob, you know, I, I, I agree. I think um, that's, been, that's been taught um, within the church. Um, but uh, as, as I look at Scripture and I understand it, um, I, I don't think the Bible does give that third category. Um, I think it's clear, Romans 5, uh, 12 through 21, as Paul, looking back into Genesis, is looking and going, you know, mm. um, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Mm. You're in the first man or the second man, mm-hmm. the first Adam or the last Adam. There's two federal heads, right. and all of mankind, regardless of s- status or state or gender or race, anything, mm. 
is in, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you were in Adam, you are in your original sins. You are in, um, uh, you are separated from God. You're alienated from Him. You're far off. The Bible calls says you are at enmity with with God, mm-hmm. um, and you know your foolish heart has been darkened, um, and you are still dead in your sins. Mm-hmm. If you are in Christ, you are as we said a new creation. You've been uh, made alive. Uh, the Bible says that the, the God has given us His Spirit that is poured forth from the Father and the Son, based on Christ's ascension, and that Spirit now indwells us as a down payment of that inheritance to come. So, if the Spirit has birthed new life into a man, woman, or child, um, they are and they are new now. There's life. Well, just as that that life must grow. Mm-hmm. Just as a, a life in a womb grows, and then it's mm-hmm. born, and then it grows, it's a toddler, and then on into, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, then it's preteen, then adolescence, onto adulthood. In that same way, uh, spiritually, if, if, if the Holy Spirit has birthed new life in you, you will grow. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, it, all of this falls under, Bob, what we're talking about. This is all uh, based on our union with Christ, right? And there's... We have benefits based on our union with Christ. The Bible tells us that our union with Christ by faith, we have been justified, right? Mm-hmm. We've been declared righteous, mm-hmm. which means that in the courtroom of heaven, uh, God now, the gavel has come down and God has declared us not guilty because his son has paid the price for us and we have been given his righteousness, right? And he's been given, uh, we are filthy rags, were placed on him and his righteousness was placed on us. So we've been justified. We've been declared not guilty. Um, we've been adopted as sons and daughters and uh, into the kingdom of God. Um, we've been uh, also sanctified, and that is that being set apart. Mm-hmm. We've been set apart. We are now God's children set apart out of this world and into his kingdom. And we will also be glorified one day, Mm. right? So those are some of the benefits of being in Christ that flow out of our union. And that sanctification part, which is what we're talking about tonight, is that that point of when we are regenerated, we pass from death to life, and we are now, uh, by his spirit, um, brought into union with Christ. Now we go live as Christians. Mm -hmm. And all that... However long that takes, mm-hmm. <laughs> however long gives, God gives us in this life, I mean, as we know, that is a that's that fight of faith we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That is that three steps forward, two steps back. That is that mm-hmm. up and down, mm-hmm. um, backwards and forwards. But mm-hmm. you know, by God's grace, uh, I pray that all of us, as we you know press on into the kingdom into Christ, um, that that you know the Puritans used to say, "What I love, I love this because it's so true." The Puritans used to say. What I once was, mm. I no longer am. So mm. what I once was, that that man or woman mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. but now that now that I'm in Christ, and I can see ever so slowly mm-hmm. as I look back on my life, there's been a change. Mm-hmm. I can look and say, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And name the area X, Y, and Z, all those areas that we struggle with as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, that those areas, uh, as as the Spirit's working in us. Um, over time, they are, I believe, going to be mortified, as we talked about. Those mm-hmm. errors can be put to death. Not that they'll, they'll be gone, eradicated completely, but I think the pull, the draw for us to readily run headlong into them, like when we were controlled in our mm-hmm. sins in Adam, mm-hmm. has been broken, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the Spirit's doing in our lives by working through His Word. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know... Um, 
I think of uh, what came to mind is a little, little personal anecdote here. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we have our, uh, her 94-year-old mother-in-law living with us, and she's been living with us since October. And wonderful woman, uh, great sense of humor, but there was a lot of fear. Uh, Linda had a lot of fear about bringing her into um, our house, rightly so. It's like, I don't know if I can handle this. You know, what's it going to do to our lives? I mean, there was some, on our, both of our parts, we some selfish thinking, but also, hey, are we up to the task? Can we, can we, can we, can we manage Lee's needs? You know, and by God's grace, with some outside help with with hospice, um, we've been able to uh, give Lee a comfortable life, and she's been with us now ten months, and it's actually been a blessing to our marriage. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about, I know that we're being sanctified through this, mm-hmm. her and I are, mm-hmm. as individuals, mm-hmm. as a couple. And silently, other people are watching and seeing how we handle this situation. And not that we're, I mean, but so we are being through the Spirit, mm-hmm. not, on, not through prayer, through supplication, through study, and um, submitting to God's will. Uh, we are being blessed like we never thought we'd be blessed before. Mm-hmm. And but there was going into it, there was this fear, and that was that that was the flesh. Mm-hmm. That was that that was that lack that lack of trust. Yeah. You know, in in oh my gosh, what, what's the future going to look like? I mean, how how, how are we going to handle this? You know, and um, what better of a place for Lee to be but in our house? And especially with everything going on now, you know, and you see it. That's your job. You're out there. My goodness, you're, you you live it. You breathe it. So um, anyway, just kind of a little bit of a testimony to uh, you know going into a situation. Oh my goodness, this 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 is going to be tough. And yeah, you know, it's been challenging. I mean, it's 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 hard. It's hard, you know, to uh, um, see someone with dementia, you know. Um, and, and, and watch your, your mom uh, go through this situation. But it's been very sanctifying, and uh, there's, a, there's a blessing. And, and I think um, a good friend of mine put it this way. He said, what an honor to walk somebody to the door. Mm-hmm. You know, and what, I mean, so when we remind ourselves of that, mm-hmm. uh, we're going like we're honored to be put in this position, and we have to thank God yeah. for putting us in this position. Because, yeah. you know, if he wouldn't have given us this project, we may have gotten in trouble somewhere else. So, <laughs> you know, so anyway, point being that, uh, yeah, this is the mortification of sin happens in a lot of different ways, and basically in seeing what the situation is that God has put us in and, you know, doing our best to kill the flesh in that situation mm-hmm. and, and live and walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. Mm. Yeah, Bob. I, I mean, you know, God, it's interesting. He just does not waste our time. Does he? Yeah. I mean, all, all, everything that we go through, uh, David said, all of my days were ordained before one of them come to be. So, you know, in, in that's in what you're telling us about your example, Bob, you know, it's just like we could look to scripture, right. And, and Paul says, you know, don't only really look after your needs, look after the needs of others, right? Don't do things out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, think of others above yourself. And, you know, most of our problems, all of our problems is because it all centers around us, right? Mm. And it just comes back to self. Mm. And I think in the mortifying of of this remaining sin that dwells in us, mm. God is getting to the heart of that, um, I believe, uh, in 
you know, when we think of the Ten Commandments, right? What love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. On these, all the law and the prophets hang, right? So it's 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 loving God and loving our neighbor. Well, how do we love our neighbor? Well, in the commandments, it's like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna murder him. I'm not gonna take his wife. I'm not gonna steal from him. Mm-hmm. Bear false witness against him, right? I'm not gonna take his, you know, whatever covet whatever he has. So I mean, God is getting to the the heart, all of our hearts. I believe in in um, in, in the circum situations we go through, the circumstances, mm-hmm. it is to pry us away from self mm-hmm. and to get our minds and 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 deeds onto other people mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that takes all of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> because it's uh unfortunately, you know, yeah. that's the part if we look to the fall, mm-hmm. that was in that in in the fall, what was it? You know, there was two hypotheses between, you know, Eve, uh, the, the serpent and God's, right? And mm-hmm. Eve chose her way. Mm-hmm. It says, I'm not going to listen to God, you know, mm-hmm. what God said through my husband, mm-hmm. right? Who was mediating it. But I'm going to, uh, I listened to the voice of the serpent. And, you know, as we know, the fall happened. But um, so that's, that's, you know, at the, at the, the core of fallen man mm-hmm. is, is, mm-hmm. is really wrestling, God wrestling away from us, I believe, just that total self-absorption. Mm-hmm. And it's thinking of others as well. That's a good service. way to put it too, wrestling. Yeah. It's not just, it's it's not a fist, it's almost a wrestling match, like Jacob. Right. Wrestling. Yeah. With the Lord, yeah. you know. Um, because so, so often we hold on to it, Bob. Exactly. Right? Yes. We, we don't, you know. But, yes. But over time, that's the beautiful part. That's what I believe that we we as believers need to be encouraged, that, that God is... You know, he's working these things out for our good, mm. but to conform mm. us to his son, mm-hmm. whom, by the way, that's the his, Christ whom we will spend eternity, right, mm-hmm. in, in the presence of the Trinity face to face, being made in his image. Exactly. Right? Friends, listeners, this is the Apologetics.com radio show. We will be back uh, in a minute or two after a quick message. What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Everyone has ideas about God. Unfortunately, many people hold false ideas about Him. And these ideas have consequences. Some false ideas have led people to worship a God of their own making, while others have led people to reject God altogether. This year, we've devoted an entire conference to answering the most common false ideas about God. Is God anti-gay? Is God good? Do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? These are just a few of the topics we'll be addressing. The only way to guard against false ideas is to fill our minds with true ideas. So join me and a number of other speakers at one of this year's Rethink Apologetic Student Conferences. Find out more information about Rethink by going to RethinkApologetics.com. That's RethinkApologetics.com. We are at war. It's not a war of bombs and bayonets. It's not a war against flesh and blood. In fact, it's not a physical war at all. It's a spiritual war. That's why Paul instructs us to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
The devil's primary scheme is deception. He wants us to believe false ideas about God. And the only way to guard against false ideas is to fill our minds with true ideas. Simply put, we combat deception with truth. It's unfathomable to imagine sending young men and women off to fight a physical war without proper training. Yet, when it comes to spiritual warfare, we do this all the time. The vast majority of our students are simply not prepared for the spiritual battle that awaits them. At this year's Rethink Apologetic Student Conferences, we're training students to counter the lies of the enemy. Lies like God does not exist, God is anti-gay, Muslims and Christians worship the same God are just a few of the false ideas we'll be addressing. So join me and a number of other speakers at one of this year's Rethink Apologetic Student Conferences. Find out more information about Rethink by going to RethinkApologetics.com. That's RethinkApologetics.com. The mission of Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Apologetics.com radio show where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And I'm in the studio tonight with Michael Roberts. My name is Bob Peruca. I'm a deacon over at Branch of Hope Presbyterian Church over in Torrance. And uh, I have the pleasure tonight of sitting in for my brother in Christ, Jason Gallagher, who's taken a well-deserved evening off. I'm here tonight with Michael Roberts, who's an elder at Grace Presbyterian Church in Laguna Niguel, and uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, current context of our lives, the existential situation we find ourselves in, and how, as Francis Schaeffer would say, how do we live? How then do we live? How do we apply biblical principles uh, to our to our life, uh, moment to moment? How are we killing sin? Um, sounds morbid. <laughs> <laughs> mortifying sin, but it, it actually leads, as the Reformers say, to a uh, the results in an abundant life. Uh, the Spirit empowers us to fight against indwelling sin in the same way that Christ crucified our former way of life on the cross. As we put to death our sinful nature, our joy, comfort, and vigor increasingly come to life. So it's not morbid. It's actually freeing. It's joyful when we can, uh, through the Spirit, um, not on our own effort, but through the Spirit, uh, mortify sin and uh, continue that lifelong process of sanctification. So, uh, Michael, we were uh, we've been talking about uh, that process of sanctification and justification. So many, so many um, uh, things to talk about here. Faith and works um, is one of the most uh, challenging. Um, uh, 
I'd say, subjects, topics of apologetics and theology. Um, and, of course, you've got um, the Apostle Paul hammering down on justification by faith alone. And then, of course, you, you come to the, the book of James, and uh, it seems that uh, James is emphasizing works. So you've got um, Paul emphasizing faith, James emphasizing works, but that's not really, I don't think, what's going on. Uh, in terms of uh, James' presentation of works. What he says is in uh, James 2.14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm, and be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Bob. I mean, <laughs> oh, works, boy. What are you, some Catholic? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that is uh, works are a result of a lively faith, right? That we know that Paul and James, because the coherency of the Spirit, are not at odds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the, they dovetail with one another. And um, one is speaking of, I believe, justification. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be Paul when he's talking about living, you know, by faith, you've been justified. And then when we get to James, I think he's trying to highlight now that you've been justified, what does your life look like? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it one just as so much today, unfortunately, a lot of easy believism, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh yeah, I believe in Christ. I got that done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Pray, um, the, pray the prayer and that was that. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Um, but they're unfortunately maybe just doesn't seem like there's any evidence of a changed life. But Mm. I think as we talked about in the first segment, um, when the Spirit births life into you, there there can't be help. There can't help but be a change. Mm -hmm. Because we were dead in sins. Mm -hmm. And when when we were united to Christ by faith, we became alive. Mm -hmm. So as a result, there's this, you know, night follows day. There's going to be a change there. Mm -hmm. And there will be a change in our lives. And... um, ever so slowly in this life. But, um, you know, we are assured too, which I love that, you know, Christ in, in Matthew said that a bruised reed he will not break mm. and a smoldering wick he will never distinguish. So um, there there is the fact that Christ is by his spirit working in our lives, mm. right? He is, um, he's working in each one of us, his willing and doing, um, but he's also, uh, he's not, so working in our lives in the sense that he's it's a bruised reed he will not break there's even the someone with the smallest faith mm-hmm. right the mm-hmm. smallest amount of faith he's working with faith of a mustard seed that's right he's working mm-hmm. with and it's that turning for, again we talked about in the first time turning from self to Christ mm-hmm. um you know if i could read the in the westmer's confession um which i love Please. but it's you know the 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 puritans from you know england um in the 17th century uh, really systematized the Bible. But in chapter 16, it's on good works. In part two, it says, because I think this is so pertinent, and they were so succinct, they, I can't say it any better than them, but they talk about good works. They say these good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. Mm-hmm. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, 
stop the mouths of ad- adversaries, glorify God, in whose workmanship they are created in Christ Jesus, having their fruit unto holiness, that they may have eternal life in the end. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a it's a li- it's a ch- it's showing it's a lively faith that faith has been birthed in you. Mm-hmm. So um, we we all must have works. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's there's no Christian that doesn't have works. Um, it's just I think the difference is what is they're necessary, mm-hmm. but are they causal? Right. No, right. the work, of, the atonement of Christ, mm-hmm. his life you know, of obedience in his life mm-hmm. and his life of, in his death on the cross in that passive, what we call passive obedience, mm-hmm. um, who ushered in and, and procured um, our redemption by his substitutionary atonement. Um, he is the causal effect of our works. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are necessary for us. Right. Every Christian has to have works mm-hmm. because, again, the Spirit, as the divine said, is we are His workmanship, and He prepared these works before the foundation of the world, that we would walk in them, mm-hmm. right? We would walk in them. So there is that correlation between a, a new life and, and, and works of righteousness unto holiness, mm-hmm. which the divine says the end is eternal life. So how do we relate to like uh, uh, somebody who is just really struggling with their faith? Yeah, you know, I mean, how do we encourage people um, where you know things are going bad? I mean, we're in the studio, and this is this is wonderful. We're talking about this stuff, sure. And you you encounter it, I encounter it. Challenges on an everyday basis. We just go, man. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that. Wow, what is God doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I and I. Lord, help me from asking that question. I would never want to ask God that question, but you know, it's 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 rough. Mm-hmm. It's rough for people that are struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, I know listeners out there are struggling in their faith right now, and with the fires and the pandemic and the unemployment and the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty and you know uh, the presidential election and left and right and polarization. It's just all there, and yet. We are to find joy within this, you know. Um, so I guess, answering my own question, if we can find joy within that context, that is truly the work of the Spirit mm-hmm. that ultimately people would see. And it's interesting that, you know, Pastor Paul, our, our Vigiano, always says this, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have x-ray vision into your heart. I don't have x-ray vision into even my own heart. God does. Mm-hmm. God can see the heart. Mm-hmm. So um, we are not saying this person is not saved or never going to be saved. I mean, that, we, we, we don't have that power. Lord, help us if we had that power. We don't see, as Spurgeon says, anybody with a yellow stripe on their back. Right. You know? So, in, in, but uh, anyway, just encouraging people mm-hmm. that are going through a tough time, mm-hmm. you know, prayer, church, fellowship, mm-hmm. the ordinary means of grace, mm-hmm. communion, Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and just, just, I guess, keep walking. Yeah. You know, Bob, that's why, you know, the book of Psalms, right? Mm. It's 150, you know, songs, and it's it really it spans the, uh, the the life of a human being, right? I mean, from a most, the highest to highest, lowest to lowest, everything in between. And um, when, when David was at his lowest, or even Moses, Asaph, whoever was writing the Psalms, um, it, when you look at the Psalms, most of the time, you know, they're getting their eyes off themselves. 
You know, David would say, you know, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My helper comes from the maker of heaven and earth, right? And it's just, I think it's that it is, you know, there is so much, Bob, going on. And it's these are times of just immense, there is sorrow and there's brokenness of the sin that so abounds in our culture, right? Uh, in every facet, really. Um and it's just, it's so, um, you, you look out in the world <laughs> and, you know, yeah, you just want to go running into a corner, right? And curl up in the fetal position and not leave. Uh, and and I know that for, for people that are struggling and, and believers that are struggling and asking, as you said, you know, well, where's God in all this? What's going on? Um, it appears that you're silent, right? And even in the Psalms, Bob, how many times did David say, God, you're like a rock to me as if you're not the rock I'm hiding in, but you're just like a rock. Where are you? You know, um, but it, it's they, 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 as they look to God, and you can see in the flow of these Psalms as they look to God, and, and truly, because of what it is, by faith, they believed God and his promises, right? And the hope that, that sprung, that flowed, that was tethered to God's infallible word. And you can see as as they started out in a in a sense of just maybe fan, uh, panic or fear or worry or sorrow or and by the end of the psalm, part and parcel, they would be exulting in God and praising Him for His faithfulness and singing to Him in thanksgiving and and I think for all of us wherever at whatever station of life we're in whatever circumstances we're in, um, as as we take our eyes off of ourselves. And we place them solely on the one that not only created us, but has sent his son to redeem us mm. and purchase us. And not only purchasing us, keeping us and giving us his spirit to the day of redemption and promising that I will never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never, ever leave you or forsake you. Mm. You know, as we look to him and we understand, we believe these promises and, and we do, um, I, I believe and it's again it's that fight of faith bob i'm not saying you do that and automatically oh well i'm great now mm-hmm. no it's a you wrestle with god you fight it's a fight of faith and say god everything within me you know is pointing mm-hmm. to the fact that i'm downcast or sullen and i don't believe it but help me you know i love this and help me in, lord i believe you help me in my unbelief mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i think as we turn to god who's the fountainhead of all blessing mm-hmm. who flows from him um the source of all steadfast love and mercy and grace, um, our hearts and our minds, as we take our eyes off ourselves and our circumstances, are changed, mm-hmm. and we look to God and 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 we we trust, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then and I think by God's spirit He comes and even Paul I think alluded to this in Philippians right when you know as we're praying um, you know he said brothers don't be anxious mm-hmm. right. But in all these things, and I love in the Greek that that word anxious is really the picture of being torn apart in like mm. a million different pieces. Mm. But it says, d- d- don't be anxious, but instead look to God and his peace, mm. pray to him with thanksgiving, supplication. His peace will guard your heart and mind. Mm. He'll put a guard, he'll put a garrison around your heart. Mm. And that peace that you so lack, he will bring back and he'll guard that around your heart. And it's the peace of God. Mm-hmm. So it's flowing from him. It's his peace, right? That the spirit brings into our life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I, I think as, as we do that, 
we see ourselves as we see from scripture and even our own lives we can give evidence that we're just lifted up out of that mire and that muck Mm. and god literally places our feet on a solid rock which is christ Mm. and and we have there in that right there is our hope Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that as we look around this isn't the end Mm -hmm. you know the story we know god has won Mm -hmm. and we are a wilderness church marching towards the promised land, mm-hmm. right? The consummation of all things. Mm-hmm. And within that wilderness, man, as we saw with Israel, right? They had many obstacles, many highs and lows, many setbacks. Mm-hmm. But we are the Israel of God marching towards that consummation, mm-hmm. right? Un- unreal. Words of encouragement. I love it. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking of uh, the structure of some of the Psalms and how. It's okay to complain to God. Mm-hmm. The psalmist, of many of the first, the beginning of the psalm, is complaining. Yeah. I mean, complaining, pouring out your heart to God, and that's what God wants us to do. And yet at the end, it's always, okay, I know you're there. I know, you're, I know your, your steadfast love, mm-hmm. your mercies uh, are, are, are there. Steadfast love is that that phrase over and over and over again is in the Psalms. And what does that mean? Steadfast love, like you said, it'll 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 never be moved. Yeah, you know. And so, um, you know, I I read I read Psalm twenty two, um, being forsaken, how we feel forsaken. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cried by day, but you do not answer, and by night but I found no, find no rest. And later he says, I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a pot's herd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. And then at the end, he says, all of the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship before you for kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over all the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Mm-hmm. So again, that pattern, this is life. This is, I mean, one thing I, I enjoy and I love about the Bible, it's, it's very real. It's, uh, it's flesh and blood. It's ups and downs, it's, you know, it's life, you know, it's existence. Um, so it's very real. Yeah, Bob, this is life in the fallen world. Even for, even for believers, exactly. We, this is, I tell people when I'm talking to them and, you know, if they're commenting on what's going on or, you know, I say many times, this is, if we got to remember, this is, this is a cursed world. This is not the world that God created at the outset. He created everything was good, and man, it was very good, right? But because of the fall of sin and his, his it, the, the ripples, the tentacles of that, ramification of that has gone out to every facet of creation. Where Paul tells us, Romans 8, the very creation's groaning for the sons of God, us, to be redeemed so that they too will be recreated, right? So absolutely, we, this is a cursed world and sin abounds, but we are, the, our, our hope is that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, right? And then in our lives, that that even even at the darkest hours, 
my friends out there, even when life seems the darkest, even when you seem to have no hope, there is always hope in Christ because he's, he's, the, he's eternal, right? God's eternal. He's infinite. He's, the infinite is the, the divines talked about too. He's the, the infinite spirit, wisdom, full of love, mercy, truth, and holiness. He ch- I change not, says Yahweh. I change not. So he's there the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was pleased by his grace to pull you up and to rescue you out of this world and bring you into covenant with himself, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. He's the same. I will do it. I will, I, will, I will not lose none of all that I've been given. And I will raise you up on that last day, he says. And is, is, is in this life, we know it can be hard. And it's filled with just... Full, the Puritans just call it the, just the Valley of Tears, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, warlorn pilgrims, just <laughs> up, beat up, up and down. Mm-hmm. But we, we continue to cling to Christ, right? We look to Him, and His life, as you said earlier, Bob, by His Spirit is lived through us. And, and th- that is producing the Spirit, right? Because it's, as we know from Scripture, it's, it's Christ said that my joy would be in you and your joy would be complete, right? Psalm 45 says that he was he was anointed with joy above all his companions. So it's his joy. And, you know, joy is not, I think, so, so much in the Christian life, I think we equate joy with an emotion. Mm-hmm. No, I believe from what Scripture is telling us, what Paul's telling us, if we look at that closely, I think joy is more tied to, like, contentment. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're synonymous, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's not, it's like, I can... You said earlier, despite my circumstance, mm-hmm. I can rejoice in the Lord because I'm not rejoicing in my circumstance or the world or the flesh. Or I, I'm not rejoicing in any of that, mm-hmm. but I'm rejoicing in the Lord and what He's accomplished. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think they're closely related to that joy is this contentment of like, Lord, whatever you have for me, mm-hmm. um, I will kiss Thy rod, mm-hmm. because Your Word says that all that You do is good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, amazing. And you know, as, as you were talking, I'm thinking of uh, the secular worldview. You know, and we're talking about spirit and spiritual things, which mm-hmm. are intangible. They're not empirical. It's the spirit um, is another dimension. And if you live in a secular world view, you have the imminent frame. That's it. Just what is what is right here in front of us: the computer, the table, my glasses, what I can touch. See, taste, smell. What's my other sense? Sight. 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 (laughs) 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 Anyway, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for saving me. So, um, yeah, so the the senses. So it's it's interesting. It's it's very hard with the worldview that's being perpetuated today in the culture, with the engines of the culture being the media, um, Hollywood, Elite uh, college mm-hmm. uh, universities. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. That it's uh, it's it's hard. So it's almost like we have to find, and there is. There's always a bridge. There's always a connection, and that connection is, even though people are immersed in this imminent frame, there's still this hauntingness that is stamped in every human being as the image of God, no matter how. Hard as as Paul says in in Romans one, we try to push it down mm. and suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. That haunting feeling is still there, that empty feeling, 
and I'm sorry, uh, you know, Richard Dawkins and, and all very, really smart guys. I mean, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're really smart, but, um, um, I just, with the confidence they talk, I, 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 I cannot imagine them so completely shutting out this feeling of something is missing. Mm -hmm. There is something else here. You know, I don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, it just, I, you know, I, I, I listen to Albert Muller every day. He's, if, if anybody, uh, doesn't listen to him, he's, he's a great source of, uh, kind of the critique of what's going on from a Christian worldview. And, um, you just look at these engines of culture and the, um, secular world doesn't even have the language to deal with death and a funeral. How do you deal with it? You know, they call it celebration of life. Yeah, right yeah, away. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, it's just interesting. I was, I was reflecting on that. And Robbie Zacharias, I was listening to a lecture he had. Um, he he uh, spoke about 20 years ago, and he was talking about how we were like a fish in water, you know, and the culture is the water, and we're the fish in the water. We don't even know it's influence, influencing us as Christians even. It's influence, influencing us. So we have to continue to mortify that sin. We have to be on our guard. We have to have our minds renewed through reading, study, church, fellowship, communion, all the ordinary means of grace like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. This is how we can continue that fight of mortification of sin against the, the influences of, of everything around us. I agree. I agree. That is, um, you know, you, you talked about uh, man, you're right. You know, David said, right, like in the psalm, he said, where, where can I go from your presence, O Lord? If I got, took the wings of the dawn and went to the other side of the world, there you are. If, you're in, if I go to the shield, there you are. If I go to the bottom of the ocean, there you are. Mm -hmm. So man as image bearer, mm -hmm. like you're saying, Bob, yeah, you can, you're not escaping the presence of the Lord at all. You live in a world that he created. Um, despite all that you see around you, like you said, Romans 1, they're you know, it's suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. You know, their eyes are closed, ears are plug their ears and saying, I, I, don't, I don't see you, God, despite mm -hmm. the evidence that you, that you are a creator. Um, and that is just, and then so as a result, what, is, what does man do, Bob? Is just he starts from himself, right? Mm -hmm. And by himself and tries to reason out about the, the, the ordeals or the facts of life. And <clears throat> as we know, um, that unless you start with the creator, right, um, and reason out from there, starting with his word, and as Cornelius Van used to, Van Til used to call him the self-contained God, right? Mm -hmm. That he he has revealed, he's the Trinity within himself has revealed himself to us, um, and he has given a special revelation of who he is um, and how we're supposed to live before him. Um, and what he's done, and you know, as creator, as as uh, upholder, as sustainer, and and how he has given us as his image bearers um, to live before him. And there's just there's really no, despite all the king's horses and all the king's men trying to suppress that truth, mm. man ultimately, I believe, doesn't escape from that. Ultimately, sin and death. Yeah, we cannot escape from it. That's right. You the, know. And the wages of sin is death, right? Yes. Yeah. So in the kind of to wrap things up here, um, one thing I like to always kind of reflect on too is uh, when the Apostle Paul talks about examining ourselves, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Mm -hmm. Again, connecting with mortification of sin 
examine ourselves on a daily basis, not morbidly, not, not completely introspectively, but be honest with ourselves, look ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, you know, what's up with that decision? Am I really, where's my heart? You know, is it, is it really for God's glory? Is it really just kind of to edify myself? And I have to do, I, I, I find myself, catch myself all the time. You know, uh, am I honoring God in this or am I just you know, kind of doing this for me? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not that for me can be for the glory of God as well. You know, mm-hmm. but it doesn't align with God's will, God's precepts, the, the law of God, examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith. Yeah, that's that's as we honor. That is that is God honoring, Bob. Yes, I, yeah, that's um, it, it would be it that we all live striving towards that to where it's by the power of the Spirit doing that as we want to honor God and His Word. Michael Roberts, it has been a joy. It's gone very quickly tonight. Thank yes. you so much for being being my guest tonight. We'll do it again, God willing, and uh, we wish all of you. A wonderful weekend. Uh, This is Bob Peruca signing off for the Apologetics.com radio show. Take care.